Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. So what's the good word, man? What's going on? Well, we had a, a sort of a milestone last time that uh, we mentioned on Facebook, but then we actually forgot we neglected. to mention it in the podcast. Yeah, you want to you wanna call that out? That was show number 200. Show number 200. So yeah. is, that li- is that literally 200, or maybe there were a couple false starts or a couple that were like 101A well, or something? Well, we're actually probably at show 202 or 203 technically, um, because our first show we called point. One beta, zero point one beta. So that's actually yeah, a show that got released. I did and, that kind uh, of thing on my podcast feed initially when I was first uh, experimenting with it. Yeah, and then um, one time John got sick uh, right after we did podcast number seven, and I did one alone and called it Seven A, which really confused things. Which 7A. was just it was just dumb. I should have just called it eight, but doing it alone it seemed weird. So, well, so um, you and I now when did we're you and I are up to. 26 or something like that. Yeah, we've been going uh, – we started in um, March, April, May. I forget. We weren't weekly uh, for – we weren't consistently weekly for a couple of months, but then we sort of settled down to the same date and time for recording, and I think we've been pretty consistently weekly for a while, so that's that's cool. Yeah, we've been pretty much every week for a while now. But yeah, so numerically we're at um, – and by numerically I mean – the number that is appearing on the blog, it says uh, 200. This will be number 201. Yeah, we never Excellent. do. Yeah, I know a lot of podcasts will do that. Welcome to show number 201. We never do that. I guess we'll because have like the little little uh, party streamers. You know. yeah, well, well, we could say welcome to show number 203, 207, or 209, depending on how you're counting. You know, that's maybe that's why we don't have to do that, or maybe that's why we yeah. don't want to do that. But yeah, so that was our milestone, 200. Um, for those who aren't aware, this is fundraising week for most PBS shows. I don't know if anybody knows that. I don't know if you're aware of that. I, I have not. You know what? I used to listen to PBS constantly and local uh, public radio stations, but I'm not commuting anymore. And this year, because I'm listening to um, so many podcasts while I'm working instead of radio shows, I, it kind of actually escaped my notice. Well, and the only reason I mention that is because we have a PayPal button on our blog, and it's always fun week on Bloody Veg. I think I think in our history, <laughs> we've gotten like three or four donations, you know, and one of yeah. them was from a person who well, we didn't even want it from. They had been harassing us in email and being kind of a jerk to us. And then I thought, I think they thought they, they were being funny and sarcastic. And it was sarcastic to give you money? Well, that's the kind of sarcasm and criticism I think we could really appreciate, actually. Well, yeah. I think they thought that they were just like, yeah, I'm going to send him some money. That'll learn him. You know, and I'm like, okay, fine. We actually refused it, and then they sent it back, and then John refused uh, it again. And then they said, I think after a while, the fee kept getting taken out every time we would send it and refuse it and resend it. So I think it eventually <laughs> dwindled down to zero or something from all the fees that got taken out. I don't know. But, That's um, funny. Well, we we it's true. We, you and I have never really uh, have never really begged for money for the podcast since the the re- reboot kind of. No, thing we happened. never have. I don't know what we'd do with it. I mean, I think you know it might be a nice uh, way to fund like a little a little beverage fund. 
Yeah, something. Um, actually, right now, I think the PayPal button is still John's. Uh, so it, it, it would oh, actually go, go to, to him. him. <laughs> and once he saw it was for BV, he would turn it over to me. I, he still deserves some of it, I guess. You know, he, he conceived this with me and he still maintains the website for us. So well, sure. If you're listening to this, there's also there's I should just say there's a large back catalog. I mean, we're, we're celebrating 200, but most of that credit for the 200 goes to you and him. You know? That's right. Yeah. And well, speaking of fundraising, I, I mentioned my friend Donna's death last week. And um, if any of you out there are inclined to do charitable donations to like real worthy charities, unlike Bloodthirsty Vegetarians, my friend uh, Donna, her not-for-profit is called the Family Nurturing Center of Central New York. The domain is actually fnccny.org. So if any of you are into helping out worthy causes, you know, in the honor in honor of her or whatever, or just because you're a nice again. person. Fn, FNCCNY? FNCCNY.org. Family Nurturing Center, Central New York. Cool. That's cool. Org. And drop, drop, a, drop, a, uh, drop a money bomb on them, yo. <laughs> that would be great. What else do so, I have uh, for uh, – you got something? Oh, I've got uh, the fact that um, it's we. I know you. You always get very excited when I talk about the garden project we're doing. Oh my! But, uh, it's winter, the garden dude. Garden project. The win- <laughs> it is getting on towards winter, and so although move we on, kept, step we away from kept the garden, going a little longer. But well, no, it's we. I'm telling you, we're stepping away from it. We actually went in on Tuesday afternoon. Grace and I went out there, and we. Uh, tore everything down we tore the beds down they could have like the tomato plants could have stayed up and stuff wouldn't have frozen hard quite yet but we didn't have very many very many more appealing afternoons when you know that we'd want to be out um doing this kind of work so we just decided to to end it so the the garden project 2012 is torn down and all the tomato plants and squash plants and everything uh are composted and we have a a bucket of uh, what's almost 40 pounds of green tomatoes and peppers and stuff that and most of them will ripen inside so yeah. we can still use them which is pretty cool awesome um let's see what else is going on uh rolling stones on tour very exciting yeah i'm i'm uh not really that excited but uh <laughs> i guess they're going to do four dates two in the us two in london and uh i don't know yeah you know, i'm not that excited about seeing 70 and 80 year old guys prancing around on stage they've got their oxygen canisters and the defibrillators backstage in case uh, something goes wrong well they can implant the defibrillators right into the, the heart cavity the chest cavity now that's, you know that's true so that's true they don't really i don't want to mock them a... I, it's, it's i think it's cool that musicians continue to work when they get older like, you know, I always kind of imagined that one day I would see Michael Jackson not prancing around in, you know, doing dance moves, but doing like, you know, more the sort of the, the style of music, the set of music, the performance of music that befitted like a like an older man. But uh, it is a little weird when the style of music does not change and they're trying to replicate the uh, sort of the old days performance of the of of the youth yeah that's yeah i was just never a big fan you know the, their music is you know some of the songs are based on three notes that <laughs> and then you just repeat that riff i mean what is interesting about that i need somebody to explain to me what's cool about the stones because i don't get the stones at all weirdly i i don't like most of what people like about the stones like i don't like classic stones but i like some of their weird ass like uh, emotional rescue era kind yeah 
yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Kind of spacey, ambient disco experiment sort of thing. Yeah. I, that's the stones that I like. I think that stuff is really cool. Some but, of the newer stuff is okay. And well, and, and yeah. uh, something we touched on last week Lance Armstrong still in the news, sponsors running away from him like he's got the bubonic plague right oh, now. Yeah. How corrupt um, do you have to be for Nike to give up on you? <laughs> They're not exactly the paragon, a paragon of corporate virtue, are they? Well, yeah. beyond like Mike Vick after the dog fight thing a few years ago, they immediately, uh, you know, uh, when he got out of jail and signed some piece of paper that he wouldn't kill dogs anymore, Nike immediately signed him again. And on public radio today, they were saying we're a country that likes to forgive. Oh, I'm pretty sure forgiveness had nothing to do with that. I'm yeah. pretty sure well, that was true. they were going to release a Mike Vick cleat and they knew all the kids were going to buy it. That, that, that was yeah. about money. Yeah. That was about forgiveness john and i yeah. did a well, whole it is show true. it is true that ago. we do uh, there is this sort of i think in america in some countries people might not you know ever be able to go back into public office but we do pe- give people a lot of second chances whether oh, they I think that's deserve true. it or not you know yeah. uh, but in the case of nike re-signing michael vick that was we're going to make a michael vick shoe and make a right. billion dollars that's what that was right no, john and no i actually doubt. did a whole no show doubt. about him back when that initially happened because john and i are both animal lovers i know you hate animals so, no i'm kidding yeah but no I posted a picture on Bloodthirsty Vegetarians uh, page on Facebook. We're doing a thing now uh, where Grace takes uh, beets and um, oh, what kind of various greens like uh, chard and kale and whatnot, and uh, and runs them through a, a juicing machine. And the result is what I would call. Uh, a beverage for a bloodthirsty vegetarian because it looks a lot like blood. Oh, well, there you it's go. Really We've tasty. got an official a- beverage Apple now. and uh, and uh, beets and and uh, Swiss chard, and I've been I've been doing shots of that for breakfast. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I got to get a juicer. But so, what do you want to jump into our first track? Let's play a track. Speaking of oldies but goodies, this guy's style is is in that old bluesy Hendrixy kind of vein, and uh, we've played him before, so uh, let's check it out. Never give us 
Yeah, so that was a great track by Paul Angerosa. We featured him before a couple times on the podcast. And a couple weeks ago, we played that song by a a deceased friend of mine, Pete Witte. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Paul was the studio session guitar player on that. He was one of the local session mafia in the studio that I worked in. He's really impressive. I I love the fact that he can just open up wide on that solo and just range all over the neck and and have it still be really fun and exciting. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this. I know I mentioned this to you earlier in the day, but back when we played him a few years ago before the uh, Bloody Veg went dark, I I think I mentioned this, but Mr. Mr., that 80s band, actually asked him to play on a couple of records. The Broken Wings guys carry a laser down the road that I must travel. So you can shoot people with it, right? Was that Mr. Mister, carry a laser? I, you know, it's funny because I used to think they were saying carry a laser too. And um, I, I said not, that out yeah. loud once and people like didn't get what I was talking about. And did, did, did you no. figure, I mean, did I say that to you or do you hear that too? <laughs> no, I heard it too. Yeah, it's, carry it's, a laser. Down. Why must I carry a laser down this road helpful. that I must travel? I don't get it. Yeah, because you'll need it. No, it's, Was that it's Mr. Mister though that did that? That did carry a laser some or whatever that no, thing is? Don't tell me I, I screwed it all up for us. Well, we'll just pretend that I got it right. Yeah, well, I'm we'll, sure we'll someone will check. Next week, no, you know well, what we got to do. It's really Kyrielles on. It's like a, a, it's a Latin, biblical uh, reference or Latin yeah, reference. Uh, well, we can so. get Candy Crowley to uh, to fact check for us. So, okay. well, and speaking right. of Candy Crowley, how's that for a segue? How good am I? Excellent. Yes. Yes. So there have been two debates, uh, which we haven't talked about, uh, because one of them was unfortunately timed. <clears throat> Just a few hours after we recorded the last, yeah. uh, the last so, show. Uh, yeah, so we, we weren't willing to change our recording date. But yeah, so we've had the vice presidential debate, and we had another presidential debate uh, just the other night. So I guess we can start by talking about the VP debate. And uh, let's see, here's what I had. Well, of course, we all know what what Biden had to do going in, right? He had to be aggressive. He had to be on the offensive. And of course, uh, Paul Ryan knew that and actually made a comment about it uh, during the debate. Look, we know you have to a lot of ground to make up here or something like that. Biden I, versus Ryan, the rumble in somewhere. I don't wherever know they were. So first impression, what did, what did you think? Well, I thought Biden won, and I guess I'm not surprised by that. You know, he's been doing yeah. this twice as long as anybody else in the campaign. He's a, he's an old pro, and he's a, he's a policy he, wonk. He, you really, know, he's, he really did show his experience in politics, and not just in, in governance and whatnot, but in debating and in, you know, yeah. arguing. Yeah, he, yeah. This is, he's been on dozens of Senate panels. Panels and hearings and public speaking is just something he does all the time. I mean, he's a vice president. That's what they do. They go out and they stump even when it's not election season. They go out and they speak and they shake hands. I mean, that's their job if and until did something it, happens to Did it occur to, to you that the, his performance in this debate was actually sort of the opening salvo for Biden 2016? Did, that, well, did it, you it think could about be. that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think Biden uh, did he interrupt a few times? Yeah, but I think it was in the service of the facts. And I, if the other guy was interrupting in the service of the facts, I wouldn't have had any issue with that. Well, the um, debate format, people are getting really worked up about the rudeness and whatnot. But the debate format, I think they spelled out the rules. They said that you're allowed to interrupt and they're supposed to be crosstalk. It's not supposed to be, I mean, the whole set of debates this time was structured so that it wasn't just an opportunity to get uh, person A to say his talking points and then person B to say his talking points and all that, you know, it was supposed to be, there was supposed to be some back and forth and riposte. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, repost. 
Repost. Repost. I used to fence. So that was a word that used to come up all the time, actually, because when I, well, I used to fence. Um, do you say, do you, did I get it wrong? Do you oh, really I, say I, repost? Well, we say repost in, uh, in fencing, yeah. I don't uh, know. Maybe I, that's the way those elitist uh, French people say it, you know. So in America, maybe repost is okay. That's that's a good uh, – okay, well, there I'm down by two, so I think you're winning this debate. I'm winning this one. <laughs> you know, and speaking of the real winner of that debate, I thought it was Martha Raddatz, the uh, moderator, because, you know, Jim Lehrer was pretty much a corpse in the first presidential debate. He, he, he was did very nothing. weak. He yeah, might as he well really not passive. even have been there. Really? No, he could you know? have just left left like a, a note card on this on his uh, yeah photograph with a name gone plate. Out to, <laughs> gone off to the, to use the restroom. No, it was it was unfortunate. He was. I don't want to say it'd be all ageist and say he should retire, but his he he just didn't didn't really do his job. Yeah, and my my use of the word corpse was has nothing to do with his age. It has only to do with his performance. <laughs> You know, yes. uh, a, a, a person in a coma would have been uh, a better moderator than him, and it has nothing to do with age. Right. He just sucked that night. Maybe he's capable of being better, but not that night. So I listened to it a couple of times, and I watched it, and I went back because I was really trying to get the gist of, of both the impression. I didn't watch it live on TV, you know, because we, we don't get cable. But um, So I'm not, like, um, really clear on what kind of impression it had on most people who would have watched it live. But I was trying to get an honest impression of it. And then, of course, I wanted to see what the reaction was. And when I started to look at what Fox's response was i was hearing that biden was acting like he was drunk that biden was acting incredibly aggressive and one guy they even had allegedly a psychiatrist on who'd said that um if you were going to evaluate joe biden based on his debate performance you would want to make sure to rule out dementia yeah that was i a saw distinct that possibility. i saw that clip that what the hell is that? Is this like, you know, I, I lived with well, a Well, wait a minute. Uh, Here's what that is. Who... You know your guy lost when the people at Fox News are making up crazy things. That's what oh. that is. I mean, like John, I think John Stewart says, yeah, this is the kind of dementia where you have a much better grasp and recall of all your facts and arguments than your opponent does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get back to Martha Raddatz really briefly. Okay, um, you know, she controlled the debate. She did great. She silenced people when they needed to be silenced. Uh, she was a complete professional, which yeah, in yeah. my mind means she will never be picked for a debate again. <laughs> <laughs> she will never be chosen to be uh, a moderator again because she did her job perfectly and put them in their place uh, when they there needed was, to be. They just throw all this shit against the wall and hope that something sticks. So they were attacking her based on the fact that Obama was at her was a guest at her first wedding in nineteen ninety one. Twelve, yeah, it was it was like what is that twenty. Yeah, or it was a 90, long time 91 ago. or 93. It was 20-ish years ago. It was, yeah. And and the, he was a guest at her wedding to her first husband. And what they was he, a city in councilman? Yeah, they divorced then? like 10 years later, and she's now on her second husband. And now in like t- 2009 or something, he was FCC commissioner. And so they were saying, well, this is a blatant conflict of interest. I'm no, like, I mean, what me, was Obama? He was like an alderman 20 break. years ago. He, how high up in the political food chain could he have been? I don't know. Back but. then? No, back then he was still at Harvard on, on uh, Harvard Law. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. I mean, it was solely the fact that, yeah, well, it's, it shouldn't come as a big shock, but, but, but you know, right-wingers take note. People in government and whatnot— 
tend to come from these elite institutions, Harvard and Yale and whatnot. And yeah, surprise, surprise, they tend to to know each other. The social and have circles. Contacts. Exactly. I mean, that's what that's really what all the the power is about is who you know and who you you know who your families know skull and, and bones that, that crazy so, fraternity so there's no there, that's that's not a, but you know they throw all these points out and they're trying to see which one gets traction and what people and will some run of them with. do and some people in both of our circles will then start repeating them on Facebook people oh, who yeah. apparently are unable to think for themselves. The uh, Drift Glass on the uh, Drift Glass and Blue Gal Professional Left uh, podcast calls them uh, meat sticks, human meat sticks that can do nothing but you know change their opinion on a dime and basically just repeat whatever is coming down the pipe at them. I can't listen to a podcast by someone who doesn't have a real name. I'm just, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> um, you know, and you would have, you would think that the right would have learned not to invoke Jack Kennedy after the Lloyd Benson oh, Dan yeah, Quayle debacle in, in 1987. He just, walked, he just walked into that. He didn't even have to call. And like Biden, obviously, I mean, yeah, maybe younger people wouldn't have noticed that, but uh, Biden just could kind of like look at him with and raise his eyebrows, and that was that was so stupid. Well, and for for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about, in this most recent debate, uh, Biden was challenging. Ryan on a taxation issue and Biden was claiming it had never been done or it can't be done, you know, to lower taxes and not have to, you know, to, to make the math work. And right, uh, right. Paul Ryan kept saying it, it can be done. Oh, and it has been done twice. And Biden said, by who? And uh, uh, Ryan said, by Jack Kennedy. And, and Biden said, oh, so you're Jack Kennedy now. <laughs> and for, for people who uh, aren't as old as you and me, that it kind of harked back to the Lloyd Benson-Dan Quayle uh, debate for uh, the first presidential election right after Reagan, I think, right? That would mm-hmm. have been Bush Yeah, Bush, right. Bush won. The George H.W. Bush's first uh, election, I think. So what was that? Dukakis-Benson? Was Dukakis at the top of the ticket? Uh, uh, I forget. Well, anyway, so anyway. they're debating, and uh, they were making reference to the fact that Dan Quayle didn't have a lot of experience. He's a young guy, you know, with family connections, but not a lot of experience. And uh, he said he had the audacity to basically compare himself to Jack Kennedy. Well, he said some people think I'm a new and upcoming young Jack Kennedy, and then Benson just hammered him. He said Benson was an older guy. You know, he kind of like yeah. Biden is now, kind of like know? Biden. Exactly. You know, at his time he had been uh, around since the 50s and uh, Benson said sir I uh, know Jack Kennedy he was a friend of mine and you are no Jack Kennedy and the crowd went wild back when they used it was to a let beautiful the crowds moment. go wild yeah it was a beautiful moment um, Quail was clearly a punk you yeah know, it, yeah so that's what that reference you know you would have you would think the vice presidential debates uh the gop guys would not reference kennedy anymore because they <laughs> this, you step know, into that strike two after yeah. 20 years they got they got hammered with strike two again but um yeah i think i think the debate was actually a good debate it was uh pretty substantive and uh it was it was yeah uh, I, I do like the back and forth, and I do like to hear a little passion in people's voices. And I know uh, I think it was far it was far more interesting and informative actually than both presidential debates were. And I know women uh, kind of get turned off by the bickering, but I think uh, well, a uh, it needed to be done this time. I, I think Biden needed to be the attack dog. That was another slam against uh, Biden, like Fox was saying. Women find that kind of aggression really unattractive and i'm like really all the women i know say that if you have like 
an older looking guy, you know, with gray hair and a lot of experience and a twinkle in his eye who's capable of being, uh, you know, forceful and and authoritative, that that's not a turn off. But, well, I you know. have seen some poll numbers, some real poll numbers from other than Fox News that suggest that uh, the women were a little turned off by that. And they think that they they think that they would prefer Ryan with the widow's peak and the, well, I, and the, the abs. Eddie Munster thing, which everybody yeah. seems to be commenting about. Yeah, he really does need to do something about his hair because I'm, I mean I'm not here to throw uh, juvenile name calling around, but the similarity little, is so much. He just need to he needs to change his hairstyle or something. It's a little goofy, it seems. Okay, well, do so, you want to you move on to the the presidential debate? Um, well, I had one more thing to say about the vice presidential debate. Um, uh, the crowd was a little bit more engaged. I know they must have uh, either the crowd ignored the directions or oh, yeah, they you were had told out before that the, that was something that really sort of alienated you from the first presidential yeah, debate. Yeah, it, it took me out of the first debate from an interest level. And I know I can't be the only one, but the crowd no, was a little, no, you, you could hear some murmurs of laughter and some slight applause and Oh yeah, good line. You know, you could, it was a little, a little better. A little yeah, it was more a little like better as uh, in a room. compared to the first one, certainly. But uh, yeah, yeah, so the 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 guys at the top of the ticket debated uh, what day? What was that? Last uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, something like that. Yeah, we're recording on a Thursday, and I guess they debated on Tuesday. And you know, just like Biden had to go out and. Uh, Prove to the world that he wasn't asleep like Obama in the first debate. I think Obama and Lehrer might have actually, you know, taken some uh, tranquilizers or something because they were both unconscious at that debate. I, I don't want to make excuses for him, but people did point out that though Obama did not spend three days prepping in Denver like Romney did. Yeah. And I, well, could the altitude have been a factor? Who, Maybe. He could have had know. a headache. He, look, everybody has bad he, days. He may have just been really busy with lots of presidential things. But he definitely, I'm not going to defend him. I will say I think we're in agreement that Obama really, uh, you know, I mean, he, he had his facts right. But as far as his actual performance of his duties in a debate, which is to vigorously defend his positions and call out, you know, his opponent and whatnot. He did a really poor job in the first debate. Well, SNL actually spoofed him on uh, on their opening bit, you know, the live from New York bit. Where, yes, um, yes. Uh, that, was, that was brilliant. They actually let Romney take credit for killing bin Laden and Obama didn't contradict him in the, in the debate. And I mean, that pretty much happened. I mean, you know. Because he was mostly thinking about, oh, I forgot his anniversary, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> SNL really had fun with him uh, in the first debate. And uh, uh, right Maybe I can I get think, Michelle rightly. something in the airport gift shop. Yeah, yeah. He was, <laughs> president was preoccupied with his uh, missing his anniversary. But okay, so the second presidential debate. Obama definitely came out swinging this time. I mean, uh, he he left no stone unturned and really called uh, called Romney out quite a bit on uh, a bunch of policies and or misspeakings and or lies that he thought Romney uh, Romney was making. He did. He did. Probably the most uh, the most interesting and controversial one was the specifics about um, calling the embassy attacks an act of terror. Right. And it, uh, the sort of what, what seems to have happened is Romney, who's been uh, apparently in his right-wing bubble as well, far as been, all his he's news. He's been on Bullshit Mountain. On Bullshit Mountain, um, actually believed that what the right had been saying, which is that Obama had not called it a terrorist attack, 
but it's a little more complicated than that. I agree, so, actually. <laughs> you agree that it's more complicated? Yeah, because uh, I think Obama was, Obama was speaking generally, not specifically, when he said we won't put up with terror. You know, I don't yeah. necessarily think he was speaking about the embassy attacks specifically. I think he was speaking just more generally about terrorism uh, well, in the he, abstract. He was, it was one of he was talking about the embassy attack as one of a sort of category of things and well, it yeah. could be but it's it's not but so it is a little bit you know it's a little bit nuanced and if it there's is one a thing a little gray but he did say the word terror yeah you if can't argue uh, with that if there's one thing that people on the right absolutely fucking hate it drives them insane it's parsing and nuance and so, of course, who do they attack over this little hiccup, and this little error, unforced error on the part of Romney, who says, you didn't say terror? Uh, th- who do they attack? They attack the moderator. Yeah, Candy Crowley, who I thought did a great job as well. I don't have a problem. When did the job of journalists stop being fact-checking, by the way? This is just a question I would like to ask right, everyone in right. the world who works for a major newspaper Corporate-owned right. network. When did you? You know, everybody on the right was complaining about fact-checking in real time. That she overstepped her bounds. She, you know, that was yeah. inappropriate of her to do that. Even when Obama asked her, asked her, said, "Look, let's look look at the transcript." And you know why she knew it? Well, first of all, I, I also heard people saying she couldn't have known. Like she's a journalist. She, she was saw the probably in the audience at the Rose Garden address. I don't I don't know for sure but certainly she she it's her job to be familiar with what was said. So she wanted to call that out. But she did then say, however, right. and this is where it gets the whole into the whole gray nuance thing. The message of the administration over the few days after the terrorist attack was not hammer on terrorist attack, hammer on terrorist attack. It was you know something about acts of terror, and then it was seems to have been uh, spontaneous protest triggered by this uh, this video, and then it was uh, you know we do not condone violence in any form, but yet we also wish to be sensitive to people's religious sensitivities and all, you know this and that, and it was not a focused you know. And and the story changed. It did change. Well, so what I want I would love to watch a debate where fact checking happened in real time. By the way, yeah, you know, everybody yeah. on the right was complaining. When was the moderator's job to fact check in real time? Well, let's yeah. have let's make that happen. You know, let's right, actually right. have two or three very uh, well versed in the news other journalists on stage with an ant button. And but what uh, the right wants to to pin on Obama is that he was apologetic for American presence. They've been trying to pin on him. That he was, you know, apologizing for this video, that he was apologizing for everything, and they've been trying to pin on him that he it, it was his administration's responsibility to have, you know, contingents of, of Marines guarding this embassy and that they should have known better and it should have all been, you know. Uh, so you know they're, they're really just throwing things at the wall. Well, because, and oh, by again, the way, the the right uh, the Republican Congress voted down funding for extra embassy security within the last year. Hello, yeah. So and that's, I mean, it's also it's a confusing story because there's also simultaneous attacks. There was the Benghazi attacks, and then there were attacks in Egypt too. And one may have been more of a 
protest against the video. One may have was was you know pretty clearly a planned assault as a like commemoration of September 11th. But the whole thing is appalling, and Romney's opportunism right after the attacks and to try and attack him on it in this debate, I find to be pretty appalling. And yeah, everyone was afraid with the town hall format of the debate that it might be a little less animated. Well, so much for that theory. This yeah. was a, a pretty animated debate with uh, with quite a bit of uh, spirited interaction uh, between the pugilists on stage. I mean, because they're actually allowed to get up and roam around, and I, 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 yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure that they weren't going to start wrestling or something, you know, which, which might have a- made for good ratings. I watched a bunch of stills that captured their body language during the debate, and they were great, actually, really funny and telling. Romney has this uh, facial expression he gets, this, which is this grim, I can't believe I've been called out, you know, kind of kind of like how impertinent, you know, that the help is uh, is challenging me. Well, whatnot. and then she made him go sit in the corner at one point, too, which is what I really think offended the right. <laughs> you need to sit down now, Mr. Romney. I think she basically said something. Well, how do you feel about the overall uh, the overall winner of that one? Oh, I, I think that it was pretty clear uh, that Obama won as far as uh, the debating. Was there Were there any, any other of their particular topics and points that you thought were like really— uh, Interesting. Uh, how about the the binders of women thing? What well, the that? the binder. You know, we got to let that go. It's it was just an expression. <laughs> you know, it, but more importantly, it was a lie anyway. From what I understand, he didn't go out and request that they bring him candidates for his cabinet, female candidates. Some women's groups yeah. approached him and said, "Well, geez, why haven't you looked at her and her and her?" Right. But the whole binders thing was just an expression. I don't think it no, was it sexist. Was. I, you know what? I don't. I don't want to mock him too hard about that. Although it was one of these like. Chuckle it became kind of a jokes. meme. It became a it huge became a meme. meme, and it's still but going the, around. The real point is: are, are, is Mitt Romney seriously saying that his approach to bringing women in the workplace is affirmative action and quotas? Well, but he dodged the issue. They asked uh, the woman asked him specifically, "What would you do to level the playing field now?" And then he tried to cite right. something he did four years ago uh, just to to dodge the question. So, and and by all accounts, every company he's run, an organization he's run, has been really poor at, at hiring women, including well, that's the, no surprise the, the government. Well, okay, so uh, so uh, it was pretty. So it was exciting. Uh, it was worth watching. I think both debates. Yeah, and I think uh, the. Uh, Obama Biden ticket came out on top in the uh, the two most recent debates. I mean, uh, I'm not voting for either one of them, so I can pretty. Ab- right. I may right. be a progressive, but Obama isn't. So uh, exactly. I think I can be a little bit objective, more objective than someone who's really, really uh, involved ideologically with their two parties. Yeah. And uh, I think Obama won uh, the Obama ticket. Won both of the most recent debates, but uh, I don't know. I guess there's yep. another one coming up, and then there's also the third party the third uh, candidate party debate, debate, which should interest you and me a little bit. Larry King's going to host that yeah, one. Yeah, well. I, I want to make one one little point out, uh, which is I think if you go to d- Democracy Now, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's a .org or a .com, but you can find what were the uh, enhanced debates, which were where uh, they actually watched the debates in real time with the third party candidates, the presidential debates at least, and uh, paused the feed and then asked the third party candidates to comment. As if it was their turn. In other words, as if it was a a bigger debate with more people involved. Oh, yeah. Well, and oh, by the way, the Green Party ticket showed up at the last presidential debate and got arrested and oh, thrown yeah. in jail overnight. <laughs> 
But that happens Wasn't all the time. Wasn't she chained to a chair in Long Island for eight hours or something? Yeah, like I that? know Ralph yeah, Nader used to stone. show up at debates too and be told that he couldn't yeah. step one foot further over the line or he would be arrested. Yeah, right, but uh, right, there So you want to uh, anyway. jump into tune number dos? Let's play uh, tune number two. All right, let's check it out. Plastic badge taped to my vest Cradle caution Your fears you cry I left Wake up, you made me Your hero, take it back Take root, start growing Take action, set new tracks I have held you all along Fought your shadows, face strong long I have saved you, now save me Can't you help me, let me be Let me off While the zero's chip ain't mine While the face I wear, I'm tired While the view from here, let me down Why won't you listen? Don't throw away your sense Don't act so selfish My fears you left you dance Just want you happy But mostly on your own Can live on handouts Your mother bird has flown I have held you all along Fought your shadows, face strong long I have saved you, now save me Can't you help me, let me be
Yeah, so that was a track called Heroes Chair by a, a band that was calling themselves Victor Gray at the time. They originally, I actually uh, engineered on that, and uh, they originally came in with no real name. They were calling themselves One Arm Keith. Which I don't really know <laughs> what that means. But when they released that record, they finally decided on Victor Gray. It's, um, you know, Dave Matthews-ish, just acoustic guitar, bass, drums, you know, no electric guitar on it or anything. That's and, a uh, pretty cool song. I thought the, the bass was nice, and I like the, the way the hi-hat is kind of going on through the thing. Too. Well, I just, I like the way the song is put together with the really strong chorus at the end. Get me yeah. off of the hero. It builds and builds and builds till there's a lot of power in the final chorus, and then it ends. Did you record that hi-hat? Is that... Uh, well, I, I was there. I, I I hung a mic. I hit record. I mean, it's not like okay, I was out well, there holding it by hand, you know, for well, each should, song you, or something. Well, no, you should get you should take some credit. It's, it sounds really good, at least in my headphones. Well, so. uh, there was another. I was the assistant engineer, and the lead engineer used to use a really crappy mic on the snare, an old beat-up SM56. And to me, the snare sounds like like hitting a bag of potato chips or something. It sounds kind of weak. But um, great stuff. Maybe he stuff. was going for the potato chip effect. Yeah, it's sure. it's quite common. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, that band no longer around, but uh, the uh, guitar player, Hans Storsberg, we've played some of his solo material before. He is still around, so I linked to his blog from, the, from our blog. Uh, you know what that band did that was really cool, though? When they released that mm-hmm. CD, they printed up a thousand of them, and they just gave them all away. They weren't oh, interested cool. in selling the record. They just played out, and every night they would give anybody who wanted a CD a CD because those That's guys nice. each had three really good jobs. And, you know, it wasn't about the money. It was just about was expressing themselves. That's, yeah, That's and, cool. You know. So um, what else you got? Oh, we had, uh, we had a little bit of feedback. We got a couple people requested uh, Strong Towns books. You know, you should send and, me one uh, of those too, by the way. I'll have to send you my address. I would like to read that. I will. I will send you one. It's a. It's a quick read because it's a series of sh- of short essays. And, and a, I a like that style cover. anyway. I'm a big short story guy, so I'll get through this yeah. before I get through red shirts. But I will read red shirts. But so we <laughs> okay. got some feedback. They said something yeah, about you, if I recall correctly. They did. We, they, one of one of our listeners called me out in specific. It was Kate, and she said, "Paul has such a soothing voice." And they're like, "Oh, that that was very kind of you." But she said something like, "It must be you must be able to put your kids to sleep uh, at night, and uh, unfortunately, usually that turns into some screaming and fighting over brushing the teeth." But I will say that I do read uh, the kids' stories, and sometimes Grace will be, you know, in the room listening if she's in bed with us yet, and I'll I'll read a story, and within a good oh, fifteen seconds. Uh, Grace is actually the one who was out and snoring. <laughs> Did you phone but, uh, Obama before the first debate? Could that have been one? Your soothing oh, voice put him to sleep, maybe? You you could be the reason. I could be. Maybe yeah. he was listening to my other podcast. So I, I want to mention that, too. Uh, if you like my voice, which uh, <laughs> thank you very much, um, I actually recorded a, no, a new podcast with my wife on the same mic. Uh, and uh, we're going to try and do a series of it. And this is not a like a direct competitor to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Oh, but it is. The for- I know you'll you'll think of it as that as that way. The format is is very different. It's a free a single free form conversation. We don't have any cool music except some little clips that I find on my hard drive. 
Um, but uh, the first one is two hours of us chatting about politics, and we are quite free, at least I am, with our somewhat salty language. So, uh, Well, and we also learn that his wife is the least black, black person in the world in that show. <laughs> Even you are so blacker says, than her, I'm, according I'm, to her I'm, son. D- According to her, our son, uh, I'm blacker than she is, which is pretty funny. But anyway, the uh, that is at uh, generalpurposepodcast.blogspot.com, and it's a second feed in addition to the existing General Purpose podcast feed, but you can read about it there. Anyway, cool. uh, I do have um, still a, a few more Strong Towns books to mail out, so if you... Uh, if you send us a note with your mailing address, feedback at bloodyveg.com, I'll send you out a Strong Towns book. So I guess that's a show, man. What do you think? Sounds good. All right. This is Rich Wilgus in scenic New York Mills, New York. This is Paul in sunny, well, actually rainy, Saginaw, Michigan. Yeah. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback, feedback at bloodyveg.com. And leave us some V-mail at 206-376-0397. So we'll see you guys on the flip-flop. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>